0: Welcome to Your Life, The Sequel.
1: A podcast about getting your act together and making changes happen in your life. You want change and we want to help you with guests and discussions about how to make change in your life, whether big or small, change can happen. This is your chance to become the person you were meant to be. Now here we are, Rick Roshan
0: and Melissa Carlson. Welcome, everybody, to Your Life, the Sequel. I'm Alyssa Carlson.
1: And I am Rick Roshan. Thanks so much for swinging by the podcast today, because this is actually a really, really special podcast, because we have one of our most well-regarded previous guests. We're going to call her a friend of the show. Christina (laughs) McFadden is with us today. Hello, Christina McFadden.
2: Hello, and thanks for having me back.
1: Oh, it is really our pleasure. The episode that we did with you, the feedback that I have received from about a 100% of the people Mm. is it stopped too soon. They Mm. wanted more information from you, and your information is amazing. Can you talk to us a little bit about what it is that you do, for those that didn't listen to the first podcast, but please do go back to the first but can you talk to us about what it is that you do um, at Blue Door Partners, your sure. firm, um, and how you help people to achieve change in their lives?
2: Sure. I mostly just take them right up to the edge and they go, oh, shit. And then I'm like, do you want me to hold your hand while you jump? I mean, that's really what I do. <laughs>
1: Excellent. And there's no pushing at all? Like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little.
2: Uh, yeah, but I, I, I am an executive coach and facilitator, experiential facilitator. And I also teach NBA uh, students at UC Berkeley, and I also get to teach coaches at the Coactive uh, Training Institute. So I got I have a fun variety life. And when people come hang out with me, it's often because they're looking to make a change. And there's all kinds of reasons and why. And it's often around leadership. So yeah, that's what I get to do is hang out with people looking to make the next step for them.
1: Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. let's talk. I really want this to be focused on an action plan that somebody who wants to make a change in their life mm-hmm. can pre- they can listen to this and they can be done with this they can be taking notes in this podcast and understand practically and i think we're going to focus on those people who know they want to make a change but they may not know what that change is they may have interest in some things they may not know exactly yet where they're going to navigate to but we're going to talk through this kind of in a in a hypothetical sort of way. Mm-hmm. We're going to create a persona. We're going to call that persona Matthew. And Matthew is a person who is in their 50s, has been doing the same job for a very long time. They went to school. They did the right thing. They got a corporate job. They've been successful in their work, but they're unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. So... Matthew is in a relationship and has a lot of the trappings of life that one would think a successful person would have, Mm. you know, they've got a house, maybe they've got a, you know, a second home, maybe they when they can travel easily. So they're not worried about necessarily, you know, making a living on the daily basis, but now they're at a point where they can make a change. They do need to make a living still, but they want to, do something that is more fulfilling for them. Hmm. So Matthew knows those things about himself and doesn't necessarily know just yet what the next step is, hmm. but has some interest in some things. What would your first conversation with Matthew be? Hmm.
2: Well, it's, I'm, I'm really getting into him, right? Because he, I can feel like it's hard to not know where you want to go. So first conversation is I'm going to get a little history. And understand like where he's been, right? Just like you've mm-hmm. done, and yep. and then I'm gonna like kind of bottom line where are you now, Matthew? And we might look at that by like having you do a wheel of life, where he would look at like, hey, in my personal life, my money life, my uh, fun life, my family, my friends, like where are you on a scale of one to ten? So that might help us notice, you know. And I'm I'm only listing a couple things. You can do many more. Sure, sure. But I just might notice like where is he? you know, and these
1: things. So practically speaking, Mm -hmm. the scale is one being the least satisfied Mm -hmm. and 10 being the most. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we would take the different parts of his life. So let we can take it, you know, financial, spiritual, professional, creative, however, they want to take the different components of their life. Mm -hmm. And then you would start with a baseline. I guess we're creating a baseline of satisfaction in those parts of my life. Yeah,
2: and I actually like to then uh, kind of put it on a wheel and notice how well is that wheel turning, right? Is everything a Mm -hmm. seven and it's smooth or is there some jaggedness? Is it like you hit that part and it just like this is a two and everything else is a 10? Uh, It would would get me curious for Matthew just to get a baseline of where he is. And uh, so that's, that's one thing we would do. Another thing we would do is look at some peak experiences. So I'd have Matthew say, what are some times in his life that he was feeling amazing? Like he was nailing it. He was being him,
1: right? So can that be? So so let's. I want to yeah. dig into that. So for instance, when I was a kid, and I'm not Matthew. Just pretend you are Matthew. <laughs> You're <about to> be. <laughs> okay. So, so let's pretend <laughs> that someone around here is Matthew. Okay. So <laughs> so when I was little. I wrote plays. I acted in yeah. plays. I thought for sure I was going to be a movie star. Yeah. I practiced my autograph so that when I was <laughs> going to be a movie star yeah. that I would, you know, give a good hand, I would give a good, because I got some autographs when I was a kid and I was like, that sucks. Like this, you've got one job and that autograph sucks. So I practiced my, <laughs> yeah. my signature. And so I, and so I thought for sure that I was going to be an actor and I was um, not supported in that as a kid. And so because I wasn't getting, receiving support, I didn't pursue that. So would you say that a person could go back to an experience like that as, you know, wanting to be an actor when they were eight or nine or 10 or whatever, and then they felt like they were the most themselves?
0: Can they be that young and, and it count? Does it
1: count? Yeah. yeah, A yeah,
2: Great question. So let's pretend that's Matthew, right? Because that's what we do.
1: <laughs> Are we just going to call me Matthew from now on? Is that what
2: <laughs> and I, I, would, I would reflect back to Matthew, the values I hear, right? And I hear there's something around, mm-hmm. you, you like to be seen. There's something around having the way things look, like in the autograph. There's also mm-hmm. something about being big. Right. There's about a movie star. There's a way of taking up space. There's also excitement. There's some like a little bit of a fire. Mm-hmm. And so we would maybe, and then the story might have more details or bigger. And we would, and we would take that and we'd look at like, hey, these are your values. How are these being honored currently? Mm-hmm. You know, are you Matthew, Matthew? Are you in your current job being seen now? You know, are you able to have that way of how things look? Is that showing up for you? Where is that? And all of a sudden, we get to have a sense of like, I and mean, we might look at more than one story to gather data, but all of a sudden, you get to notice like, hey, are those parts of me being met?
1: So that's an interesting thing for Matthew that you could take that template of what you just described, which is pretty accurate. And then apply it over the things in life that have created satisfaction or dissatisfaction and whether they met that template, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so if, you know, being seen, being impactful, those kinds of things. And then if you look at someone where they are unsatisfied, you know, is maybe it's just not fitting that template because that was a thing, you know, when you're eight and you don't need to make a living and anything is possible. Yeah then you can do the things that are actually joyful.
0: Yeah. But isn't that the message is that is that you know even that stuff when you were a little kid is still viable today? Is that we sh- we kind of forget about that kid? We kind of isn't that part of this is that we forget about that kid and we or we kind of push that aside because it doesn't seem reasonable? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the corporate world? Yeah. Well, we we also,
2: I mean, we also along the way First of all, you can get peak experiences from any point in life, right? And specific to being a little kid, we get lots of messages to play it smaller. Shh, don't talk here, right? Like we're getting all kinds of messages and we're coming up with all kinds of systems as little kids to sort of adapt. So, yeah, it's totally right. cool to go back and revisit. For me, one of my words, a value of mine is love. And once I uncovered that, I literally exercise every day on a carpet that says love. Like I, 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 yeah, okay. I even turned it upside down. So when I look in the mirror, cause I exercise around a mirror, it says love. Right. And what I noticed in my own company was I could, I could work with people I love. Right. I could work with people mm-hmm. professionally that I want to be around. And so I have crafted the way my world so that when I hang out with someone and we're doing professional work that I love them. There's a way. And that's, and that's my value getting honored in, in the work I do. And so with Matthew, we might look at what are those some of those values that just aren't being met, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's a really sweet, I can feel the sweetness and tenderness right now. I don't know if you can, but there's just, it's just like when I'm in my value, my values, all of a sudden, like I I get held by them, right? There's a way that they're holding me. And so often burnout, which can also mean stuck and could be Matthew in this case comes from mm-hmm. not honoring my values or conflicting values, right? Mm-hmm. This tension of like, how do I, and just being able to notice, like I, I like to be able to love people, but maybe I also have to give feedback to people, right? And those can be conflicting. Yeah. yeah. And so just to be able to pull those back and give some more space can help people start to notice what they really want.
1: But I think one of the big challenges that people face today is that, you know, practically, unfortunately, we live in a culture, in a country where, I mean, you have to have money to, you know, get health insurance and or a job, you know, like there's, there are some limitations that are just built in because of the unfortunate configuration of our culture, of our society, Mm -hmm. in this country, in particular, you know, where people have to stay at a, a job they may not love because they need to have insurance. For their family and things like that
2: yes and and i would say to matthew matthew i understand mm-hmm. the responsibilities and we mm-hmm. are standing outside a sweater store and we could mm-hmm. stay here and just look at the sweaters or we could go into the store mm-hmm. and try them on and what that might mean with matthew is like let's look at this value and try it on and see what happens where is that in your life like what would it look like if you were doing more of this in your life what would that feel like? Right, and and then and then we start to get oh, more okay. specifics around what, and all of a sudden we're just in this. We're gonna, I promise you, Matthew, we're gonna leave the store, right? Mm-hmm. I, 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 and you get to go back to the job that you don't love. And I think so often what people do is is stop themselves from dreaming, from even.
1: I think you're mm, totally yes. right. Yes, yeah.
2: and even thinking it, because it's too scary.
1: Yes. What do you say to these people?
2: Well, I, I hold their hand and say, "Let's go try on a sweater," right? Let's dip our toe into the water. Let's see what happens.
1: So you've done this yeah. with a lot of people. Yep. What do you see as the big if there were 3 bullet points oh. of the commonalities that cause the fear that people are experiencing?
2: Well, the inner critic, right, mm-hmm. which we talked about last time, that that voice that shows yeah. up wants to keep you small. Assumptions. Or stories that they have about things. Mm -hmm. So often people have a a self limiting story that comes from often somewhere else. And this is a new one that I'm going to say out loud for the first time. So I feel really vulnerable in saying it, but it's like promises we made to ourselves as a kid Hmm. that we didn't
0: realize
2: would have an impact. Because I've I've started to realize that there's been promises I've made myself that just don't, I don't need anymore. But like they were so important when I was young.
1: Do you ever mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that. So I mean, yeah. I, I totally I I totally get it. And do you have any experience with any thoughts on I don't know the actual term for it, but it's something to the effect of genetic memory where if you are a descendant of people for instance that went through a famine. Yeah. That that there is a memory in your DNA mm-hmm. of scarcity. Wow. Yes. Because I kind of feel like in the Matthew that lives inside of me, um I kind of feel that sometimes, like especially when it comes around food, I have a very big panic button mm. if I get hungry, and I have no evidence that there is a lack of food around me because there is always abundance,
2: uh-huh. but
1: mm-hmm. the feeling I get, for instance, around food and when I'm trying to eat less as an example to to you know get to a more ideal body mm-hmm. weight. It's a panic. It is a panic that feels literally like in my toes.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna help Matthew with this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you just have me on pre-custering mean... <laughs> what this is. About? Yeah. Did, yeah. We have muddied the waters with Yeah, Matthew. exactly. Okay. Exactly.
1: With Matthew <laughs> So this is waters. what I
2: want Matthew to do. Okay. Mm. I want Matthew to bring energy and attention to his back. Mm-hmm. And just notice that. And this is for the folks at home too. Mm-hmm. And as you're doing that, I want I want folks to just stand up straight. Take it in, breathe. Notice that this is a place of finding like your strength when you stand up straight in your breath. And then I want you to notice that your shoulders and the width of you. And you just find that like this is the community. This is a space you live in. Just kind of ground yourself in that. And we're going to head back to the back in a sec, but those are the two things I want to complement this with. And then you head to the back. And from there, you notice there's a, a, a round of people that support you, that love you. They're there for you. And you breathe into that. And then right behind them, there are people that actually, that you don't even know yet that are waiting for you to support you. And you just relax into that. And then on this third and final ring, there are the people that came before you. Whether living or not, they're no longer with you. And I want you to notice that they are supporting you. And that any sort of history that they brought to you along on the journey, they're willing to take and support you along this way. And you breathe into that. And then you find your way to the front of your body, the chest and the belly, the thighs, shins, or the the front of your legs, sorry. And, And from here, and this is a really beautiful place, this is what you crave. This is your future. This is what you want. And you just notice what shows up, no judgment. And from here, what I want you to know is your future is expecting you. And it's going to wait for you. So you can breathe and relax into this center moment, this present moment, knowing that you're well taken care of from all four
1: sides.
0: And then you come back. You're ready.
1: That's lovely.
0: (laughs) Can we do that again?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And what what I, hold on though, because I want you to know what happens is, is that, the thing is, is that the, those things that are passed down to us, we can ask for help, and we can ask to help for those that aren't here, right? You can just ask the universe for help. The number one thing hardest for people to do is to ask for help.
0: This makes me Rick. This makes me think of Bill, who we had on earlier, who is um, a friend of mine, who you know left his was going to leave work as an anchor in the morning job, a number one show, etc., and he this by chance he met somebody who told him about this new thing that he didn't realize at the time he was about to do. And it was like kismic. Like all all of a sudden he was like, Oh my gosh, I, I can do that. And he did do that. And he is doing that. he left this big cushy job and blah, 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 blah. blah. It feels like that. Like sometimes the universe just pops in and says, and he was maybe not outwardly asking for help, but desperately needed it. And he got it. Yeah. And, and, and so I would say the next
2: hardest thing is people to receive. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To know when help is being offered.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Have we played the receiving game? I don't think we have. Mm-mm. Oh, I do need a volunteer this for nervous. this.
1: <laughs> Melissa.
2: <laughs> it's actually called okay, a, Matthew.
1: the compliment <laughs> game.
2: I, we didn't play this, right? This is new. Okay. So this is yep. a game mm-hmm. I invented. And here's the thing. I'm going to, Melissa, I'm going to tell you exactly what to say. You, you, okay. I, I do the work in this one um, okay. and you're going to say, I like your glasses and i we're going to do that a couple times and then we'll talk about it. All right. So go ahead and say it.
0: I love your glasses.
2: Great. Let's talk about what's next. Cause I want to make sure we get to this whole checklist and everyone mm. gets to notice how that lands for them and then we'll do mm-hmm. it again. Yeah.
0: Okay. I love your glasses.
2: Oh my God. These, I got them on sale. They're not even my favorite. And everyone mm. gets to notice how that lands. Mm-hmm. All right, go
0: ahead. I love your glasses.
2: Oh my God, these are the best in the world. Let me get you a pair, send me your address. I, they, you will have these tomorrow. These are the best in the, these are gonna be I, at your house tomorrow. You're gonna love them. Mm. Okay, so just take, and I need a one sec to switch gears here. And then you're gonna say it again.
0: I love your glasses. Oh. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you.
2: So, what did you notice the difference in those?
1: I got super (laughs) uncomfortable at the end of you saying thank you. Yeah. I'm like, someone needs to say something. (laughs) (laughs) Like, someone's got to talk. She can't just say thank you. No, something's got to (laughs) happen.
0: The first one bothered me the most. Yeah. The first one bothered me the most. I didn't. That one. That one was like, no, dude, did you hear me? I just said I like your glasses. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So often uh, we are so like I was. I, I thought a compliment was something to push away. And mm. what I realize mm-hmm. now is that in this case with me and Melissa, with the two of us, the yes. thing is the compliment is really. It's not about me. It's actually you seeing me. And whether I like my glasses or not becomes negated and unimportant. You are seeing a part of me and whether I see it or not doesn't matter. The gift is seeing you back. Hmm. And so, and that's the ability to receive. And so often when we are working on change or working on where we're going to be in the world. We're so busy just doing things that we don't realize the universe is people all the time are trying to help us. But we're Mm -hmm. so busy being like, great, what's next? I can't tell you on how many meetings I get with people. And they're like, great, so what's the agenda? And I'm like, how are you?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right.
2: And it's super vulnerable to just say thank you. Oh, yeah. Right? It's heart out. And in fact, right before the show, right, you gave me a compliment. And I remember saying, yeah, yeah, that happens. Thanks. Right, and I don't. I don't explain mm-hmm. it. I don't have to like. Well, you get it too, right? It's like no. Like the most vulnerable thing to do is to say thank you. And so when we're when we're feeling stuck, it's really hard to see people are trying to help us.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I can tell you the reason I was asking myself, well, why did I say it? And I was saying it because I wanted. I want you to know that I recognize that you're busy. That you are really excellent at mm-hmm. what you do and that I appreciate your, the time mm-hmm. and that when I see you, when I see someone in their pocket, not like a little tiny, you know, like three inch person, but like, like when you okay. someone's in their pocket, like being, yeah. being in the thing that they are supposed to be doing, I am so thrilled, which is why I wanted to... Call, let you and i and i also think that people are kind of cheap with compliments like i don't think that a lot of i think that people because of competition and all kinds of shit like mm-hmm. i can't say you're great because that could diminish me like mm-hmm. the world life's a pie yeah. and if i give you a slice that that means there's less pie i don't look at things that way yeah. and so i want you to know that i recognize that mm-hmm. in you and that and i hope other people do oh,
2: yeah <sighs> Oh, that was it. And if they don't, thank
1: you. I want you to know that I do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, yes. And when people are stuck, so when you were saying that, my heart was wide open and I was taking it in. And often when we're stuck and wanting to change, we just don't even see that. Mm-hmm. So often when I'm talking to folks and I'll, I'll just ask them a question, they're like, oh, yeah, da, da. da. And I'm like, but do you not see this help? Do you not see mm-hmm. this opportunity? And, and you're just blinded to it because when you're stuck, things get super narrow.
1: So it's kind of the scarcity mm. feeling that there's just not. And it, it, there are, like, I really do not, whether someone's in the same business as I am and, you know, I sell real estate, so. I mean, there's 5,000 real estate agents in San Francisco alone. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, there's there's not a lot of pie. And we only do probably 6,000 transactions a year in the city. Wow. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of competition and therefore scare, a scarcity mindset. And you can see the people who are operating with a scarcity mindset and the people who are not. And I really, really get happy for other people, even if they're getting something that I would love for myself because I don't see the world as like a pie that we're all sharing. I think that it just keeps refilling itself. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on scarcity and how that can influence people and in their they're being stuck?
2: Well, it's funny when you were when you were saying that, the way I was thinking about it was the difference between being creative and being reactive, which is, is mm. saying the same thing and just some different vocabulary. And that when I am in my reactive self, I am coming from a place of fear, from a place of scarcity. And I'm, I'm actually... Falling back to old patterns that have supported me or not really supported me, but I use all the time.
1: Sure. Right. Primal stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mine yeah. happens to be arrogance. So if you find me being arrogant, which happens all the time, you'll know that I'm being like a little bit like <laughs> on the reactive side.
1: There's a. Interesting. Yeah. I've never experienced you that way. Oh, huh,
2: funny. Honey. <laughs> uh, let's, take it for, let's take it for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this other side, which is this creative side. And it's like, how do I shift? You know, myself being uh, half Mexican, having family that comes from migrant farm workers, there's a way that I learned to show up in life that I I have to push. That's how I get ahead. Mm. And it's really confusing to people now when they meet me where I am, if I'm pushing. Because for them, I, I've, I've made it or I've, I'm, I'm at the place where, I, like what like you said, you know, I'm, I'm in my pocket. The Mm -hmm. thing is, is that pushing for me is my default. So it's it's a form of arrogance for me. Right. like, because I've always had to prove myself. I've always had to be like, I remember, I remember my, one of my mom's old boyfriends, I reached out to him in my thirties that, you know, he had dated when they were, when I was in elementary school and he was like, wow, you, you made it. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, you never thought I was going to make it. Like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like that's what I ran into. Single mom, mm-hmm. you know, raising two Mexican kids, I had to push
1: on White Lady Island. Yeah, I lived on White Lady.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, my brother. The island
1: of white people. My brother and I were the only
2: Mexicans. There was one other Mexican, Andrew. Hi, Andrew, if you're listening. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that just to notice that we that that reactive part, right? That for me is that push, and like, how do I shift that into a creative place? Ah, right. Okay. I got, I I actually get, I got to get out of that defensive pose that, that, that stance mm-hmm. and find a way into, to this more creative place and notice, okay, I want to push. I want to fall into that. What can, what can support me now? Oh, connecting with you. Right. Like I could, I could work on love because that's one of my values. And instead so, of trying to maybe be competitive with you or trying to have better than you, because that's my default, I can like notice how I love you. Hmm. How I appreciate you, which is a similar one for you, Rick, right? So just notice you can find these sort of like, and it can be anything for me, but that's that's taking one of my values and leaning into that instead of feeling like I need to push and push harder.
0: And I feel like when I was I was in TV news for twenty plus years, and you know there came to a point where I was the older one, and these younger ones were coming in. And doing, in my eyes, everything wrong. And I'd get so annoyed. And how do you not know? Did you go to J school? Blah, 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 blah. And um, it would be, be, cause this yes. at work all the time, you know? And then it became this thing where I was you know, annoyed all the time, whatever. And I don't know what happened, but there was a switch where I kind of decided, like, you know what? Instead, I'm going to try to take these young individuals in and say, hey, try this or try that or be very, like, um, supportive of them, etc." And my God. The change it made in my day-to-day life at work with just, I wouldn't say loving them, but maybe loving on them and supporting them really made it things easier for me, yeah. made my life so much easier and less stressful. And it built really strong relationships. And it's kind of silly now. I think like, why did I do that for so many years? But I guess I was in a place of thinking, you need help. Like mm-hmm. you need correction. You don't know what you're doing. You need to, yeah. like, this is success and this is how you get there. Yeah. And it's, uh, wow, what a, sh- what a change. I love, and I love the example because it, it's,
2: it's, for me, it's the difference of, um, I, I can hear it in your voice. When you were talking about the young kids, it was external, right? Them, yeah. it was me versus them. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. when you turn, you turn more inward into, and I make up a value, yours is likely mentoring or helping people out. And all of a sudden, when you turn inward and that started getting honored, it was easier than to be in relationship with folks. Yeah, And that's a big shift that in both of our stories, right, where I'm trying to be arrogant and like be better than you. That's very external. And the, the mm-hmm. gift is, is to look internal because that's where the answers are. If I'm constantly looking for the answers on the outside, I'll never find my ground.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So how do you help people who, let's just say practically, Matthew, can't do some other job? it just whatever he's going to switch to he can't make ends meet with whatever he thinks he's going to do the thing that would satisfy him how do you help people to navigate getting their satisfaction outside of work and that you know 8 hour period mm-hmm. and doing other things so that they can nurture themselves yeah and find satisfaction
2: right it's like a fountain like feeding yourself
1: right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
2: I mean I think you I think you've nailed it on the spot it's like looking at those those things that are important or that internal voice and there's probably some training for Matthew to to notice how external he's looking versus like looking internal because we got to fine-tune that for him so that when he does go do those things outside of work that weren't going to feed him that he's receiving Mm because we can set him up to go to a painting class because he was painting but if he's not willing to take it in Right, And he noticed that he's, he's getting fed. But that's exactly it. It's like, what what can you do that's going to honor the things you love, the things that you want to be more of? How might you do that at work? Right? Oh, you love to read? What would it be like to start a book club at work? Oh, you love yeah. to cook? What would it be like to bake for your neighborhood? It's like a self-love fountain. How do we help Matthew find that way that he gets to love himself?
1: Yeah. It's a, we had um, a guest on, her name is Julie Kramer, and she does an interesting thing. She's actually had an amazing career, and she helps people to broker deals with different components of their own personality. Yeah. So she gave the example of working with a corporate lawyer who really, really didn't want to be a corporate lawyer. He really wanted to do something that was more um, giving. And he and they came up with a five year plan and brokered a deal between the part of him that needs to take care of him, the part of him that wants to take care of others. But she brokered this conversation between yeah. all of these different parts, parts because people are complicated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're not I'm not just one thing. I'm many things and I can hold many things simultaneously and be complicated. But I thought it was such a lovely concept of to broker an, a, an agreement between the different parts of your personality.
2: Yeah, right. And that's that's because um, so often we think that it's all one voice in us.
1: Right. I think it's easy to think, oh, this is all just linear, so, and this all just goes in this direction. And if it doesn't go in that direction, it's fucked up.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
1: So being raised, I'm curious, as a non-Caucasian or partially Caucasian person on a very, in a very ca- Caucasian place yeah. um, in Washington, were the stories that you were instilled in you that you were perfect and lovely exactly as you were, or did you feel different and other, and how did those inform your identity going forward?
2: Huh. Well, I've always known that I'm loved and beautiful for my family. Always had that. So I feel very fortunate because I think that is like a million. I'm saying a million dollars because that was a lot when I was a kid. That's like a million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Different <Except> now. <laughs> I, the the challenge is being chunky, you know, big. Not like I just no clothes fit me. Like that was really, really hard. Just to, I, my mm-hmm. body did not fit into like the people around me. So that's mm-hmm, really sure. hard, and so. Mm-hmm we were talking about this earlier, one of the promises I made myself was that as a kid is that I thought it was gonna be super hard to lose weight. Like I've just always had that story. It should be impossible. But Ben Midler made it possible in that movie, Ruthless People. And so I (laughs) literally was like, well, that's the way you do it. And so I have been exercising in COVID and lost like 45 pounds. And I'm pretty sure it's like, it just hit me. I was like, but this is like a pattern. Like I, like I was like, oh my god, this is like when I was a kid. that was the only way I thought it was possible. It's like just that very is so
1: funny. So, like you, you're being serious. Yes, you're totally being serious. I'm
2: being very serious. <laughs> this oh. is not the, this is not for the sake of
1: storytelling. You thought that the for those that didn't see Ruthless People, she gets kidnapped and gets locked away, and she's chubby when she goes in, yeah. and she's kind of an asshole, and well, she's a lot of an asshole. And she gets locked in this room and their husband doesn't want to come and get her because she's such an asshole. Mm -hmm. And she starts exercising in like little micro sort of ways in her tiny little cell and has a transformation.
2: Yeah.
1: And you thought as a kid, that's how it happened.
2: Yeah, totally. But you go back even further, (laughs) right? You go back even further and this is going to get really serious real quick. And I got molested as a kid and I forgot about it, but I remembered it when I was in fifth grade. And I remember promising myself at that age, that I would never be thin because it would keep me safe. So just notice, and that's what I said Mm -hmm. earlier, there are these just promises or these notices that we make ourselves as kids that feel super safe now. But I I now know that those aren't true, but they're really hard to unbelieve because I've held them for so long.
1: That is Mm -hmm. such a good word. Unbelieve.
2: And so here, because it's yeah. Yeah,
1: it's fascinating. Because if you think about the things that we don't even consciously think as a belief, that is a belief. But then you start unpacking it, so you did. You know, you recognized. Oh my god, I had this. Oh, it's just a belief. The sky is blue. If you're chubby, you don't get molested.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then
1: it becomes part of the wallpaper. Yeah.
0: That's right. It becomes a part of your foundation. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: there can be times when we're stuck that we are, I like to call it, we're living off software from the 1900s. <laughs> like we it, like, it's an opportunity to update because we're living and holding these stories that are no longer serving and may never have served, but they
0: felt like they served.
1: Well, they kept us safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And there's something I think that can also be sad for, or feel sad at least with letting go of some of those things that you had as a kid. Those ideas might be part of your foundation. You kind of mourn the fact that that isn't what you thought. Hmm. That made up part of it. your memories, connect those with feelings of joy, feelings of family, connections, etc. You know, And then they're not exactly what you thought. And it can be sad to be like, oh shit, that's, uh, that totally changes my view of uh, yes. things now.
1: Yeah. yeah, Well, especially when mm. it comes to the people around you, because mm, you yeah. don't want to think these people are nuts. You don't want to, think, <laughs> you know, you don't want to think, yeah. you just want to think, oh, these are just, you know, this is part of our family culture, or this is part of our, you know, tradition or.
0: Or we've made it funny somehow. And so it's yes. become a joke in our family and it's. Yes. It's become a, we've made it comfortable. We've made it comfortable, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Hmm.
1: And then one day it's not. And then you're like, oh, hey, we're going to, that's, well, we're done with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't serve us. Yeah.
1: So, Christina, so now Matthew has decided that he knows what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. He wants to start a practice. He wants to start a yoga practice. And mm-hmm. he Wants to make that change to start his yoga practice. How would you? But he's never done yoga before; doesn't have any experience yeah. at it. How would he do that?
2: Yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me of that that TV show where it's like uh, call, you know, like you can call a friend, you
1: know, like
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. yeah, like you can the one with the suitcases. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. You can call a friend. Uh, you can make a plan. You can imagine what it would be like to go to yoga class and sort of run run through like what some of the challenges that you might hit right so that you can kind of pre-think them you could ask a friend to go with you so not only could you ask a friend to call a friend to help you to go just to talk about it you could also ask for a a commitment like it could be from with your coach or a buddy like hey i want to do this will you hold me accountable it's going to be scary you're going to have to be willing to get a little uncomfortable for the sake of honoring what's important to you
1: yes yeah christina it's been amazing having you we're going to let you drop off and melissa and i are going to armchair quarterback this lovely (laughs) time with you so thank you so much for coming back once again people can find you at blue door partners.com is that correct that is true thank you all right awesome thank you so Mm -hmm. much thank
2: you both to see you big love bye -bye. my values with some big love
1: (laughs) yes all the love thank you so melissa yes that was pretty amazing
0: uh, I love talking to her. I feel like we always kind of would go like here and there and everywhere, but ultimately we end up in a place that always feels like, God, we learned so much from her.
1: I know. And what's incredible for me is that, you know, at the beginning, before we went on to recording, we were trying to figure out what we're going to talk about. And we had a little bit of an idea, but we got to this point where we were you navigate to something and you're like, wow, I certainly didn't expect that to
0: Yeah.
1: How'd we get here? And it's so I think what I got from speaking with Christina was change is scary. And I think it's important for us to find what feeds us, find what's mm-hmm. important to us. Sometimes mm-hmm. we get it at work, sometimes we don't get it at work, and to jump into those fearful spots and really Take the risk. Because I think that if you don't take those risks that you don't get where you really want to be.
0: And I took away part of it too was, you know, that the things that we tell ourselves to make our excuses or to the reasons why we can't, sometimes we're lying to ourselves. You know, we've we've made up our own stories. We've made up our own things to protect ourselves and, you know, it's a hard work, but it may be time to look at what you're telling yourself of why you can't do something and is that the truth? Are you lying yeah. to yourself? Have you made your own reality? You know that's that's deep thinking.
1: It is. It was really amazing, Christina. And uh, once again, you can find Christina at Blue Door Partners. And thank you. Speaking of partners, thank you so much to my co-host Melissa Carlson. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us this week on Your Life: The Sequel make sure to visit our website, revital.ist, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, so you'll never miss a show. Or sign up for our newsletter, The Revitalist, filled with daily tips for making change in your life. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd really appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too special thanks to our audio engineer and editor, Mark Kate. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode of Inspirational Change. Be the change you want to be.